0: It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and
1: Josh Gregory.
2: The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. And with me in the studio today, CFP Josh Gregory and CFP CPA Ryan Fair. Yeah, good to be with you guys. Well, taxes get pretty
2: confusing when your dependent children get jobs and start earning income. Can you claim them? Do they need to file their own return? How does all that work? Today, we're going to be joined by, as Mike said Ryan Fair CPA and uh, a regular guest here on on the show to answer those questions
0: and the issues surrounding it. Glorious! This a glorious day when these kids start pulling their weight. Ryan, like seriously, <laughs> how old can can like how old does someone need to be in order to get a job? Like I've got well, Easton's I, three.
1: I, I was gonna say my kids are eight and ten and. I'm ready for it. I'm uh, go, yeah. so. Your kids, kids could
0: be doing a modeling career by
2: now. Oh, so I don't know about that. That's how know. they could earn some Mama cash.
1: Mama Hey, uh, if you have questions,
0: we'd love to hear from you. You can engage with the Wise Money Show several different ways. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. And then all over social media, that's where most most questions come. Uh, just search the Wise Money Show. Wherever you're at, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, search the Wise Money Show. Engage with us there yeah i'm not kidding like so the kids are asking for chores and they're asking for how can they earn money Eleven, nine, and 3 i think what is it 14 how old do you need to be to actually get a job or is there an age limit
1: i think it's 14 that's what i've always said
2: unless it's maybe working for a family business or something right,
0: right 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 uh but typically we get this question i would say i don't know what a dozen Times a year where it's, hey, my child got a job this year. Do they need to file their tax return? Or, well, they made too much money. Can I still claim them? I even got this question from a fan of the show. My 18-year-old daughter is earning more money than I am. Do I still get to claim them? And so Ryan's going to help us understand all of those questions and the various scenarios. So glad to have you here, Ryan. Let's start with the basic. Let's start with the easy one, and then we'll get more complicated um, my child's working but they're not making much money at what income threshold how much do they need to make where they've got to file a return
1: yeah this is like you said the basic easy starter question and it's not unfortunately a basic easy answer on the <laughs> because the, every state is different and of course the IRS invo- is involved on the federal side it's actually very easy so each child or each person that files a tax return can take a full standard deduction which for two thousand twenty one that amounts twelve thousand five hundred and fifty dollars.
0: So even if they're a dependent of someone else and they're yes. gonna be claimed by someone else, yes. if they file their own tax return, they get a full standard deduction.
1: Correct. So yep, they so that's the answer for the federal return. They don't need to file if they're over twelve thousand five unless they're over twelve thousand five hundred and fifty dollars. But these states throw in a curveball. So yeah. Indiana it, you know, Let I mean Indiana has a deduction
0: of twelve thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars as well.
1: Nice try. It's one thousand dollars. Oh, like, is that right? <laughs> yeah, real close. <laughs> so, so yeah, anything uh, any earnings over a thousand dollars in Indiana, you're supposed to file a tax return. Yeah. so is it Michigan, obviously, we deal with a lot of Michigan folks around here too. Their exemption is quite a bit higher. It's forty nine hundred dollars. Okay. So so beyond those limits, you're you're required to file. Um, Under that, you're not necessarily required to file, but that's where you got to look at the W-2 or pay stub and see if there's actual federal withholdings. If there are withholdings, you'll want to file to get those withholdings back.
2: Yeah, that's often the answer to a, a lot of our clients' questions. It's, do you need to file? Maybe the answer is no, depending on the income level. But then you have to turn your attention to that W two and right. say maybe you've been paying some taxes along the way, or your son or daughter has, right. and you're going to get it all back if you just go file the return. Yep. Right?
1: Yep.
0: So okay. So the scenario is, a child, uh, college age student, uh, is full time at mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. worked this summer, made four grand, working a little bit at college, making another grand, so maybe make five grand. They're a full-time student, so they're a dependent. Yep. Okay, but then they file their own return. Yep. And if it's in Indiana, federally there's no tax, but they should file a return. They're going to need to file a return to get to, to the get Indiana.
1: The oh, yeah, to get the Indiana, yeah, because Indiana starts with the federal adjusted gross income. That's the first line on the Indiana tax return. So yeah, yeah, you still have to end up doing the the federal return yeah. to get to the starting point for Indiana.
0: And they're likely going to withhold a little bit federally anyway, right? Is there anything the child can do to make sure there's no tax withholdings, or would you say no? That's playing with fire.
1: Well, yeah, no, they definitely can. I mean, if in that situation, if you know the kid's only going to earn five grand for the year, and they can, when they sign up or get employed, fill out the W four, they can show. They're exempt from withholdings or no withholdings. Yeah. And then if the payroll department, you know, follows that, then.
0: Here's what concerns me, though. Like, you don't want to get them started on that habit. Yeah, I remember exactly. at, uh, I was a bus boy. My first job, <laughs> my first job, oh, simple days. Uh, and I was a bus boy. And then I also worked at, um, they used to have these things called uh, called uh, videos, uh, oh, wow. movies, Man, you're where old. you could go to a, a video store and rent movies. And so I worked as a busboy, and then I worked uh, as a cashier, basically. And so part of, even though I, you know, I didn't learn anything in either of those jobs that would be applicable today in my career, learning a W-4, how paychecks work, how tax withholdings work, uh, learning to hustle and yep. learning to talk to adults, I mean, I learned those things. And so I would be careful about setting the precedent to your kid that no don't withhold any taxes you'll be fine. Yep. So no anyway. Doubt.
1: Well, that's like the highlight of my nephew's year too. I file his tax return. He's a sophomore in college at Purdue now and like he he made good money in the summer, you know, made yeah, you know a good chunk of change, but he's getting this refund, and it's like Christmas. And yeah. it is.
2: It's it's like a forced form of savings in right. a way, I guess. Were so. you going to
0: say Christmas in July? So you I... extend him every year? Is that yeah, what you're yeah. saying? He's good. the last refund. He's waiting you get on this running. Oh, Ryan, I got it. Please, I want to buy. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, okay. So what? What about that college student who's not a full time student? Okay. So so what? Same scenario. They're living at home. Maybe they're taking a class. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we don't have a cough button in here. Yes, sir. And uh,
1: and and they make five grand. Like right. Are they a dependent? How does that work? That's a whole different situation. Uh, so if the if the child is not a full time student, then so, so eighteen or older or over eighteen. How does that work? Over eighteen. Okay. So so once they're uh, normal dependent rules are as long as you're under age nineteen, you can claim the kid as a dependent. Once they're under age twenty four, mm-hmm. but over age eighteen. So 19 to 23, um, they th- if they're not a full time student, all of the dependency rules change. So then they're only allowed to have earnings of up to forty three hundred and fifty bucks to be considered a dependent if they're not a full time student. So full time student is a whole different you know can of worms that they can earn you know ten twelve fifteen whatever. There's not a magic number. We're going to talk about that. Well, soon. we're
0: yeah we're gonna we're gonna get into this. Yep. I mean, how does someone how does someone Keep that straight, that forty three hundred number, I'm just gonna tell you, I'm a numbers person, I'm gonna forget that
2: yeah, so so basically, what you're describing is uh, if you're no longer a full- time student, it's almost presumed that you are not a dependent anymore unless you can keep your income really, really low forty three hundred yeah. you said that's correct. so, yeah, it if uh, a child is taking a gap year like between high school and college or something, you could get caught in there yep. somewhere. That that's something that parents really need to take take note of, and high school students need to hear that loud and loud yeah. and clear. Being a full time student affords you a certain amount of almost protection underneath the the tax code.
0: Yeah, yep. and so for those of you that have you know college students right now, and they're having a great semester, fantastic. They're full time students, but this is the other thing where you get into a semester, and the child's like, okay. This is not working. I'm taking too many courses. I need to back down, or I'm having some life issues. And so you just gotta be aware of this. I've got a whole list of other questions that we're gonna pepper Ryan with. That and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corehorn Financial Group. How's it work when your dependent kids start working? How's it work for their taxes? Do they need to file? Are they still a dependent? Do If they're a dependent, do they lose out on something? If they file their own return, do you lose out on something? We're answering all those questions right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Joshua Gregory, and then CPA special guest, Ryan Fair. Make sure you catch every episode on podcast. If you're into that, wherever you listen, search The Wise Money Show and subscribe or follow us there. And when you do so, rate the program. We appreciate it. All right. So we're into this into this topic of uh, you've got typically dependent kids or you've got young kids, young adults that start working. How does it work on your taxes? We've answered some of the basic questions, but here, here's a question from the fan of the show. Um, the fan of the show, a fan of the show. We have more than one. I, we have two. Um, my 18 year old daughter is making more money than I am. Can I still claim them? Can I still claim them as a dependent? It
1: depends. Okay, so that's the answer to everything you ever asked me, Mike. But it depends. <laughs> so typically, my my first initial gut response would be no. So the IRS has a whole set of rules about support. In order to claim someone else as a dependent, you have to provide over half of their support. So the IRS has a bunch of worksheets that you can go through to figure out, did I provide over half their support? So obviously there's a value to housing, all of the utilities, all of that stuff. So you can, you go through and add all of those costs up between your mortgage, utilities, property taxes, all that stuff, divide it by the number of people in the household. So that chunk goes into support. All of the dependent or potential dependents other expenses that are you know necessary clothing food all of that stuff also gets added to that amount and then you have to figure out who provided over half the support if the kid is actually making more than the parents chances are they're not the one providing over half the support what if the what if the kid's just banking it what if they're just
0: saving it up and and so they're like and i'm not providing
1: my my support
0: i'm Keeping it,
1: yes, that is the that's the wild card exception that you, you really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to clamp that down and say no, no dice. No, part Ryan, of the,
2: yeah. we just had that conversation the other day, and and you were describing that if you could prove like what was their bank account balance at the beginning of the year versus the end of the year, and yep. show that they're earning all this money, but that's they're mean. saving it, not spending it on their own care. Yeah, then you you have a leg to stand on now yeah. to. Prove to the IRS. No, she, she or he qualifies.
1: Yeah, so so it's it's pretty crazy, but we do have a couple of those situations where um, every year the kid makes a bunch of money from you know either investment income, which again that's a whole different. Well, of we're gonna but, get into that in just a second. Yeah, or you know there there could be child modeling or child acting, you know those kinds of situations where the kid's making a, a ton of money, but if they're not using it for their support and the parents are still you know, providing over half the support, the parents can still claim them. Mm
2: -hmm. My son came to me the other day and said, Dad, will you take a picture of this banana? I'm going to sell it on Craigslist <laughs> he, he heard from a teacher at school that someone took a picture of a banana and sold it for like 120 grand and oh my gosh he, he thinks
0: he's found Sounds like his, an NFT situation I was maybe gonna, I don't know I was gonna say like uh, I saw this uh, meme the other day where it had like a picture of a of a hat and it, it was a hat that was being sold at the store you know 19.99 dollars 99 and so uh, and then it said a picture of a hat as an NFT was $50,000 or yeah, something like that, which is so, so ridiculous. Anyway, we're actually, I want to get into that too, because kids are making money these days, Yeah, that stuff, trading meme stocks, mm-hmm. and then college athletes. We're going to get into that here in mm-hmm. just a little bit, but, um, okay. So it's half the support. What if they're a full-time student and they're making all this money? Is that Same. still half of the support?
1: Yep. Still need to okay. be required to, parents or, or whoever's claiming them is required to provide over half the support. Okay. So now
0: let's get into this part where, all right, I've heard those rules and my child's going to land in one camp or another. Do they win? Do I lose? Do I win and they lose? Like, mm-hmm. How does that work if, say, a child's a dependent, you're dependent, mm-hmm. but they make enough
1: or whatever they're going to file their own return. Yeah. Do they miss out on something because I'm still claiming them? Not really. Um so the the standard deduction as I said earlier still applies to the child, so they can still take that $12,000 deduction from income mm-hmm. and not pay any tax. So yeah. so that doesn't hurt them. There are no exemptions anymore like like you know, prior years where you would lose an exemption if someone else was claiming you, but that's not an issue.
2: That's the part that's confusing to a lot of folks because you could get lost in some of this jargon on standard deductions versus itemized deductions and the old exemptions that aren't even around anymore, at least not at the federal level but they are at the state and so on. So you, you keep referring to this as, as an issue related to the standard deduction. Yeah. And I, I almost feel like we should pause and just define what that is, remind people of, of what it is. A standard deduction is a write-off that you get just for being you, right? Yep. Either as an individual or as a married couple. And if you're a married couple, it's literally double what mm-hmm. it is for for an individual. And this is something that the government's offering you as a write-off unless you can go build your own by itemizing your deductions, writing off things like some medical expenses, some of the state and local taxes you've, re- you've paid, um, your real estate taxes, mortgage interest, charitable giving. Though That's a relatively mm-hmm. short list, and it's harder and harder for people to even be able to itemize and, and use a better write-off. Most people are using standard, and that's why we're talking about this so much, yep. is do you get to take a standard deduction? Do you have to file a return? That's why it's become an issue for a lot of people.
1: Yep, for sure. And it's gone up significantly. I mean, that was part of the Trump tax plan. They basically doubled the standard deduction a couple of years ago. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a big deal, big write-off.
0: And all these discussions about uh, – we're going to have you on – well, Ryan's going to be back on the program next week talking about the other typical topic, and that is I sold my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it taxable? But later in the fall – you know there's all this stuff going on with uh with tax law, potential tax law changes. We're right. going to let Congress sort some of that out. We're going to bring you back on the program. You're going to explain all that. But is there is there any rumor right now that standard deductions are changing with some of these tax laws?
1: Yeah, time will tell. I hey. don't I don't know. Okay. I kind of I don't know. I don't think so, yeah. but but everybody's changing. I mean Congress is just in the mood to change stuff <laughs> and uh, so that's what they do best with tax law. Okay so it.
0: so now let's go to the other scenario where I my child is claiming themselves mm-hmm. for whatever reason they're claiming themselves now then do I as a parent do I lose out on something?
1: Yeah yeah so you you could and so the, so the way that works is if the child well first of all the child can't claim themselves, if the parent is eligible to claim them, hmm. or they they lose certain stuff. Yeah, if, if we're gonna do. get into that.
2: So yeah, you, you can't just do an analysis to figure out who who's best to claim this person on a tax return. It's right. It's pretty cut and dry. Who can claim them? If it's if the parents can, they must. Right. If the parents can't, then the child can.
1: Right. And if and so so when you're talking about giving stuff up. So if you if the parents claim the the child, they get some sort of child tax credit or the family tax credit, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the situation. And so a lot of times if it's a college kid, the parents would be giving up that $500, uh, uh, family, credit yeah. the family, yeah. family tax credit. And of course the education credits are big. Mm-hmm. So whoever claims the dependent gets the education credits with one exception. If the child is eligible to be claimed by the parents, <laughs> but parents choose not to the, child cannot take any of the refundable education credits, which I know this is confusing and I can't yeah. <laughs> no, Squeeze that. It into it. Uh, no, it, it makes
0: sense to me because I was just working on this with uh, with a friend, and I want to I want to bring that topic back, okay. ask that specific question because I think a lot of people are finding themselves right there, and I, I want you to restate what you said, and then we're also going to talk about kids making money and yeah. how that works. So that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. this is wise money with core financial group okay so your child is possibly a dependent possibly not you're looking at the rules but if you claim your child you don't get the college credits but if they claim themselves do they get them Ooh, we are talking about that right now this is the wise money show with core financial group thanks for being here my name is mike bernard here with me in the kfg studios Joshua Gregory, and then Ryan Fair is a CPA and a CFP, and he just thought through all of the mistakes that I made, even making the introduction. There's all sorts (laughs) of errors in my thinking, but that's how normally we think about it. Well, who wants to take this deduction? Where is it better? But the rules, we're explaining them to you right now. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. You can engage with us that way, leave questions and everything. You can do so. Search the Wise Money Show. All right, Ryan, so here it is um the american opportunity credit mm-hmm. okay the aoc is uh is AOTC. a, a okay sure uh if you want uh, the so the american opportunity tax credit uh, i get on a soapbox because in all of our years of doing this they've never changed these Phase out thresholds, squeezing the middle class. Mm -hmm. It's squeezing the middle class. So here's the thing if you're a married couple, let's just say that, and you've got a college age student, then as long as your income's below what? 165, Mm -hmm. something like that, then um, you get this American Opportunity tax credit uh, of 100% of the first $2,000 spent on tuition and 25% of the next $2,000 spent on tuition. So you spend four grand on tuition, get $2,500 in a tax credit. But what if your income's above that one sixty five? Then that starts phasing out. And if your income's above one eighty five, it's gone. Mm-hmm. So your income's above one eighty five, your child student worked part time and made five grand. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't get this tax credit. So should they just claim themselves and take the
1: credit? Unfortunately, no, Mike. So the the child, uh, if they did claim themselves. Which they really couldn't, if they're making five thousand to, you know, their earnings, because they didn't provide over half the support. Um, however, the IRS has already thought through that same situation, where first the child would have no taxable income if they made five or ten thousand bucks, because the standard deduction would erase all of that. So we were talking about the twelve thousand five fifty of standard deduction, so that would erase it. So the kid would already have no federal income tax liability, but they do not allow any refundable. American opportunity tax credit in that situation. So that's where you can't get additional money back.
2: That's a that's a complicated concept and right. you know these tax credits that you're you're describing remember a tax credit we always talk about it being one of our favorite parts of a yeah. tax return because uh, a tax credit erases actual taxes owed, yep. right? But if you don't owe any taxes, then there's nothing to erase. And that's when we start looking to, okay, are these tax credits uh, capable of creating refunds? So there are some credits out there that even if you owe no taxes, they will just give you money, essentially. But this isn't one of those. And so if you've already taken your tax bill down to zero, there's really no economic value to even receiving this college
1: credit. For for parents, parents, yeah, there is a refundable American Opportunity Tax Credit. Unless they're phased out, like Mike said, their income is too high. They're not eligible for any credit. But for the parents, if they're making 100000 a portion yes. of that is refundable where they could actually get money back even above and beyond. So so let's change it up a little bit and say that the parents make too much, can't claim the kid. The The kid makes 20000 mm-hmm. So parents are not eligible for the uh, American Opportunity Tax Credit. The child, if they've got twenty thousand of income, would reduce that by the twelve thousand five fifty standard deduction. So let's say there's eight thousand left of taxable income, then they would have tax, they would be liable for tax on that eight thousand dollars. Then the American Opportunity Tax Credit could be used to erase that liability on the 8,000 bucks. Take them down to zero. Take but them as down you to said, zero. Not, not
2: into
0: negative territory where they're getting a refund so because of it. In that scenario, for those of you following along with numbers, that'd be 10% tax bracket, so 800 right. bucks. And that 2,500 potential tax credit, they'd only use 800 bucks of it. Right. So, and the, and the parents, parents would lose out on a $500 tax right. credit.
1: Yep. So, so they that's would painful. be giving up 500 for the family tax credit. I
0: mean, but I don't blame you if you're trying. if you if you've been thinking about this. I don't blame you cuz yeah. I this this frustrates me. There's all this discussion about student loan crisis and college getting so expensive, blah blah blah, and yet we've got this tax credit that's there to help the middle class and they've never adjusted these bands. What's it been? Over oh, 10 it's, years. Yeah, it's a long time. And they've never adjusted these bands. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. anyway, um all right, let's talk about these kids making money. Um specifically, do you have a job for Easton? Um no. So <laughs> let's let's just just because it's interesting we live in a college yeah. town. Let's let's talk college athletes can get paid now. What's yeah. what's going on with that?
1: So yeah, so this this hot new thing this year is the NIL, so name ing, image and likeness. So the NCAA came out and said, "Okay, we will finally allow student athletes to get paid for their name image likeness Um, so before this all happened it was illegal for student athletes to charge fans for autographs or you know get free sandwiches because they're a student athlete that was I mean, advantage of their...
0: unless you go to Ohio
1: State. Right? Well, yeah, everything oh. goes there,
0: <laughs> and then you get caught, yeah. and then you're in trouble, and the coach <laughs> leaves. Get... But then they've got another great coach right behind them, and yeah, they're fine.
1: Golly. They yeah. yeah, we're worried about sandwiches around here. They get cars and <laughs> yeah. everything else. So, but yeah, so so basically, NCAA allowed um, kids to do this. So, uh, lots of examples. So they can monetize uh, student athletes can now monetize like their YouTube channels and get paid for. People following them because of their name, image, and likeness—they mm-hmm. get paid for that stuff. Um, they can teach camps to students or to kids and get paid for that. Which all is, this by stuff the way, so
0: I was, n- you know, no celebrity by any means, but I played college hockey and everyone teaches camps. That's what I did. That you you did that in the in the spring outside mm. of season. You did it in the summer. Did and, you get paid for it? Uh, I got. F- it was basically a part-time job. It was for a you, job. Right? Huh. Yeah. So well, was I not supposed you're, to?
1: Yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah, your team <laughs> all of their just wins. That wasn't any good. All do. eligibility
2: yeah. in the NCAA So, now.
1: So I already hit on you know uh, signing autographs and stuff like that. Uh, doing commercials, you've never seen college kids in commercials because that wasn't allowed. They weren't allowed to monetize that. Mm-hmm. So example around here, obviously we're in uh, Notre Dame territory, yeah. just down the street. Uh, one of the funny endorsements that i saw come out of this not funny if you're a lineman but awesome if you're a lineman the uh offensive line is spon- of notre dame is now sponsored by mission barbecue really that's so awesome. they are the official sponsor of the notre dame <laughs> offensive line i
0: love both of those things yes yeah. yes mission barbecue and our offensive line
1: yeah love it. so so they literally are benefiting from that from their status as a notre dame offensive lineman oh that's cool. they're getting paid in the form of barbecue Heck yeah.
2: yeah, I like it. Oh, so it's not cash; they're just getting free food. No, I,
1: I think they probably are getting some cash also, but I'm sure free food's a big part of it. And they can, mm-hmm. they, the kids get endorsed or the students get in, uh, paid to endorse Mission Barbecue on their social media stuff yeah. like that. So cool. there's a,
0: there's a lot to to hit with this, and we're running out of time. But um, you know, so. If if your student happens to be, if your child happens to be one of these benefactors, what was it, Bryce Young is like over a oh, million bucks. Yeah. And I mean, it, it just in the first week, he earned it. Like right. he, he had all of that before even the first week. And it's like, this dude's never even started a game. Okay, yeah, he earned yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, he's, okay. Um, but taxes, you know, so you got to start thinking financial responsibility mm-hmm. for these young kids who have no experience and have no skills handling money. And so I think, I think um, about taxes and I think about being a good steward of these resources. And so uh, we're, even though we're focusing on tax questions today, I, I don't want to lose sight of comprehensive financial planning. That's, I mean, that's the big idea. And as your college-age student, if they start making money, whether that's meme stocks, whether it's trading, whether it's uh, getting some endorsements, yeah. making sure you connect them with the CFP and have them start planning. So. All right, well, we've got more tax questions coming up with Ryan Fair and the rest of us here on The Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Okay, so your, your dependent child has some investments. That's sort of been the trend over the past two years. They've set up a Robinhood account and they bought Bitcoin and sold it. Do they have to pay tax on that? How's that work? We're talking about that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory and special guest CPA, Ryan Fair. Uh, stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, search the Wise Money Show and follow us there. Okay, so Ryan, we we're talking about um, the uh, you know student athletes mm-hmm. now getting paid. They can Get paid for autographs they can get endorsed they can start a business um and and that's all legal now the way i understood this because we've got some friends at notre dame and i was connecting like hey do you guys you know want to talk through this and they're still sorting it all out and um and being very careful yeah. because this is i mean this is a, a sticky situation and you've got kids lives at, at you know caught here. Like I I see it that for all these years, their talent has allowed universities to make money and retailers to make money and restaurants to make money. And yet they, many of them have struggled to make anything. Right. Mm -hmm. So I get that side, but there is like the universities are not paying these kids. And I think that's where some people expect the conversation to go next Mm -hmm. is university you're you're providing a a, in many cases for scholar for scholarship athletes you're providing free education but you're not paying them and yet university you are receiving more money because of these athletes and we'll see if the NCAA has to fight that battle too oh they will yeah I expect that as Mm -hmm. well all right so Let's shift gears because it's a similar situation. Let's talk about the kitty tax, Ryan. Can you oh, yeah. explain what the kitty tax is, and then we'll get into some scenarios?
1: Yeah, so basically the kitty tax is the IRS's way of taxing investment or non-earned income <clears throat> by, by children. So a lot of times parents will think, hey, can I just shift a bunch of money to my kids, pay their, you know, they earn the investment income at a lower tax bracket than me and then go on our merry way. So the IRS has thought through that, of course, and uh, they've come up with these rules called kitty tax rules. And so basically, you may just get in and explain. Yeah, yeah. get in
0: there. Yeah,
2: especially so, like who it applies to, what ages, and everything, because kitty imp- the, the name itself almost implies, well, these are like five-year-olds, right? Yeah, no.
1: So basically any dependent children is what it's referring to. So earlier in the show, we talked about the dependency rules under age 19 or under age 24 and a full time student. That's kind of the age bracket that we're talking about. Uh, so, yeah, it could be a college kid, could be a high school kid, could be a toddler. And um, it's all based on non earned income. So, investment, think dividends, interest, capital gains. Those are the biggies that we're talking about when we're talking Not about. Not
2: talking about paycheck money Correct. or side business money, that sort of thing.
1: Right. Yep. So, so yeah, with the uh, with the kiddie tax, basically the first $1,100 of, well, first, let's go back to the standard deduction. So yeah. we just spent a bunch of the early part of the show talking about the standard deduction being 12550 Not the case for investment income. So that standard deduction is the child's earned income plus $350. So if we're talking... No earned income and just investment income. There's basically no, there's basically no standard deduction for kids. For now kids. for those
0: of you who are like, whoa, are, wait, are you serious? I'm about to retire or something like that. No, no that different set of rules. Yeah, yep.
1: isn't it crazy? Man. Yeah. So so yeah, we're specifically talking about kids' investment income in this situation. So so let's say the kids have a bunch of dividends or capital gain income. They sold some stock. The first $1,100 of that income is tax-free for the kid. The next $11,000 is taxed at the...
2: $1,100. I'm
1: sorry, yeah, $1,100 of investment income is taxed at the child's tax bracket, which most likely would be the 10% bracket. Anything above, so we talked $1,100, $1,100. Anything above $2,200 is all taxed at the parent's tax rates. So their, that, their
2: highest tax bracket, their right? Highest, their marginal yep. rate.
1: So it's treated just like any of those investment earnings above 2200 were slapped on the parent's tax return.
0: So does that mean that income, the kid's return gets done first and that income shifts over to mom and dad's return? Or is it no mom and dad's return gets done first to find out what tax bracket they're in and then that carries on to the kid's return?
1: Yeah, typically the parent's return has to be done first because you have to know what the 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 rates are going to be used. So there's two different ways the IRS has set up where you can actually do it without doing the kid's tax return. Just purely doing it there's an additional form that you put the kid's investment income on the parent's return or you have to it depends if it's too big of a number of investment income the child has to actually prepare their own tax return. There's a different form that you kind of import or include the parent's taxable income and all of that stuff to figure the rates. I, I, I go, feel I, like the,
2: the message in all of that is it, it's another reason why it's important to coordinate parents' yeah. and children's tax returns. Yep, absolutely. I, I mean, how often throughout the, the years have the has the child, maybe off at school or something, gone and done their own return, independent, yes. on their own? and then the parents go to to do their return and there's something messed up like they weren't coordinated well yep and kitty taxes is, is an example that you hope to avoid anyway but of course um, it's just another reason why probably whoever's preparing one return should be re, pre, preparing the other returns as well
0: well i mean oftentimes the kids away at college and they jump on turbo tax because their yeah. roommate told them hey i just got my tax refund and the yeah. kid's like i want to do it and they
1: select that they're their own dependent yep all the time and so then we finish the parents tax return and of course claim the dependent child that they're entitled to claim irs rejects it when we e-file it because someone else has already claimed the social security number as a dependent as a dependent and there's no easy way to resolve that you have to end up parents have to paper file their tax return instead of e-file takes longer for processing and blah blah blah.
2: yeah this whole kitty tax if if you're wondering well why in the world does something like that even (coughs) exist It's because in the past, very wealthy families would shift assets around or shift income around to let it land on the cheapest tax return possible. And if you if you own some stock that's really run up in value and if you're going to cash it in and really pay an arm and a leg, you might be tempted to shift some of those shares into a son or daughter's name, let them cash it in and pay a lower tax. But that would be unearned income. It's not paycheck nope. money, so it falls under these rules of kitty tax.
0: But should you do that if there's two grand or three I mean, there's still there's still a little bit of benefit. Could are families doing that these days? Is this a viable tax strategy or is this such a small amount that you'd say, nah, don't do it?
1: I mean, for me it's such a small amount that it's I don't think the benefits are really worth it. I mean, yeah. so you would have eleven hundred dollars of income that would be completely tax free. The next eleven hundred would be, you know, ten yeah. percent or possibly zero percent if it's long term capital gains. So so basically you're talking about up to twenty two hundred bucks of tax free income, which of course that's good, but eh.
2: you, you also have to pay attention to, depending on what age these children are, are you getting in and messing potentially with some um uh, financial aid issues, yeah. that sort of thing, by like putting income in their name? It's Mm -hmm. It's treated less favorably than the parents' income. So it it is complicated. And and don't think, hey, I found a loophole here. Um, The the point, though, is the shifting of income around and finding the ways to pay as little tax as possible. That is a financial planning story problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. it's, It's why the investment decisions that you make are going to have an impact on your tax picture and vice versa. And so you don't want to make any of these decisions in a vacuum. It's it's important to make these these decisions to uncover these strategies as part of a financial plan, not just a, a tax avoidance type of uh, scheme.
0: Right so on. you've got a a dependent child who's got enough got enough income to file a tax return, but they also so they've got earned income, but they've also got unearned income. Yep. But as long as they're dependent on someone else, that standard deduction only will go against the earned income. Yep.
1: So earned income plus three hundred and fifty dollars mm-hmm. is the new standard deduction. Why three fifty? I have no idea.
2: Is that just kind of an assumed amount of interest that someone might so. actually earn? I'd love Although to earn three hundred and fifty. I know in <laughs> that was before nice. today's interest rates.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so we're talking about this. This. Um, the reason why the laws are there, and I don't know why, but I just uh, that always helps me, because when I can't understand why they give this extra three hundred and fifty, right. infuriates me. When mm-hmm. I can't understand why they increase phase out limits for everything except for these college tax credits, and yet they complain and want to do all this student loan forgiveness, that just drives me nuts. I don't, I don't understand. Yep. Um, but the reason for this kitty tax is that they, you know, they're trying to close this loophole of wealthy parents just gifting money to kids and having the kids sell it at a lower tax bracket. But seriously, what if a kid has a Robinhood account and they've been speculating and been lucky and so they've got profits? Like if it's legitimately the child mm-hmm. doing some investing, exactly. Does, is there a way to legitimatize and say, no, 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 guys, listen, there's no kiddie tax situation.
1: This was me. Uh, welcome to adulthood, adulthood yeah. kid. You're, you're, you get to pay taxes uh, on those earnings. I mean, Yeah, that's, it's not fair. It's not yeah. a fair system. Yep. Yeah. It, is, it is what it is, though.
2: Yeah. Hey, can I interject a question, too? Because if we're talking about trends and, and things like that, it feels to me like the, t- today's youngest generations, they almost seem to have a bias towards the side hustle. Like mm-hmm. I, I even look at my own kids, oh, and they're so. they're constantly thinking about okay, what kind of business could I get going, or how could I go make some money? And I mean, they're not even old enough to go get a job, but they're already thinking about a business. So a, a lot of these these kids that have some sort of a side business or they've found a way to make some money, are you seeing are you seeing more examples of that as a tax preparer who sees a lot of returns and, and everything? Um, and and if so. What what are some of the things that maybe they might be surprised by? You know, I'm I'm thinking about self-employment tax and and things that it's not like anyone's ever sat you down and explained. Hey, don't lose sight of this. Right,
1: um, I wouldn't say we're seeing a ton of that, but because they're not telling you exactly. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. So as you coach your kids to uh, start out their business, yeah. uh, no, it's we really don't see a ton of that. Just be, I mean. Of course, we see college or, um, or you know, slightly out of college in that age group. Of course, they're starting businesses and mm-hmm. getting a bad wake-up call to the self-employment tax situation, um, but not not with minor young children. We don't see it much. Yeah, yeah. and
0: yeah. and self self-employment tax, yeah, at any age that can yeah. be a surprise, oh, right? Yeah. Where it's both yeah, sides absolutely. of FICA and there's no withholding against it on your on your profits on your your business income so all right thanks ryan this is helpful next week ryan will be back talking about taxes when you're selling your house but that's all the time we have for today on behalf of josh gregory ryan fair all of us at kfg have a great weekend we'll see you next saturday for the wise money show with corhorn financial group Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC, and Silver Oak Securities, Incorporated companies are unaffiliated. All right. Well, we've got more tax questions coming up with Ryan Fair and the rest of us here coming up. uh, We got more. Oh, my goodness. You're going to have to cut that in. (laughs) (laughs) and more and more and more. All right. So here we go.